Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So friends, this gospel that we have today should sound familiar It's a very familiar story, but in particular that phrase, but who do you say that I am, should sound very familiar to us. That was our school theme last year. That was our school theme last year. Pop quiz, what's our school theme this year? Go ahead. Behold what you are, become what you receive. Not only can you read, but you know the answer is cat. Good job. Okay, so behold what you are, become what you receive. Behold what you are, become what you receive. It's a theme that goes all the way back to St. Augustine, who's preaching about the Eucharist, that we are invited, as we look at the Eucharist, we are invited to see ourselves also as the body of Christ. And as we receive the body of Christ, we become the body of Christ. It's just incredible stuff. Okay, but back to this gospel that we have today, where Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? He's traveling with them. He's going to this area called Caesarea Philippi. Let's just say for our intents and purposes, it's like leaving from... Wadsworth and go into Doylestown, okay? So just another town just next door. Caesarea Philippi, he asked them that question. Who do people say that I am? Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. Then he makes it personal, right? Who do you say that I am? And who is it that answers the question? Who answers Jesus' question? Coleman, all the way in the back. Let's keep it in the family. Who? Peter. Peter. Peter says, you are the Christ. Bingo, right answer, right? If Jesus had gold stars, he'd give a gold star to Peter, right? Because that's the right answer. I am the, yes, you are right, Peter. I am the Christ, I am the Messiah, I'm the promised one, I'm the fulfillment of all the promises that God had made through the Old Testament, through all the prophets and patriarchs. I am the Christ. And then, and then something weird happens next. Because this is what, this is what Mark says that Jesus says. After that, after Peter gives the right answer, After Peter gives the right answer, we hear that then Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Did you catch that? Jesus warned them to not tell anyone about him. Now, I thought that Jesus wanted us to tell everybody about him. Right? Isn't that what he wants us to do? So why is he saying, don't tell anyone about me? This is why. Because while Peter got the right answer, he did not yet fully understand the right answer. Peter got the right answer. Yes, you are the Christ. But what Peter thought that meant was something entirely different than what Jesus actually is. He got the right answer, but he didn't understand who he really is. Like, look at what happens next. It says that he begins to teach them. He's he's walking with them. He begins to teach them even more. He's saying, okay, so the Son of Man, meaning me, Jesus, the Son of Man is going to suffer greatly. He's going to be handed over by the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. This is Jesus saying all of the religious authorities, all of the people who are in charge of our faith, they're going to hand me over. They're going to betray me. They're going to condemn me to death. And then he says this, he says, and then I will be killed. But then he he adds in, but I will rise on the third day. 
So he's telling them, okay, yes, Peter, you are right. I am the Christ. And then he begins to say, all right, the Son of Man is going to suffer greatly. He's going to be handed over by the chief priests, the scribes, the elders. He'll be crucified and he will die. Peter's hearing this. The disciples are hearing this. Peter hears this and he begins to think, like, no, 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 no. Like, what, what are you saying? That this, this can't be right. You can't, you can't possibly mean it. And then Mark says that Peter takes Jesus by the side. He takes Jesus, drags him to the side, and it's like he starts shaking him. The word in Greek is like this violent rebuke. The word rebuke means to, to forcefully correct somebody. Right? It doesn't necessarily mean you did something bad. It means that you've done, like, you, you, you are, you're, you're saying something wrong. He's correcting him. He's challenging him. He's shaking Jesus. Like, this cannot be. Like, in Peter's mind, the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, when God comes to save his people, in Peter's mind, like, he's thinking, no, you, you can't possibly mean that you, are, you have to suffer. Suffering can't possibly be part of your mission. Like, Jesus, you're supposed to be the one who comes to end our suffering. Like, we are suffering under the authority, the tyranny of the Roman Empire. You're supposed to enter into this and take them away and end our suffering, make our lives better. You're not supposed to die. Like, what are you talking about? Again, this is what Peter thought the Christ meant. So what does Jesus say? Oh, you're right. No. It says, then Jesus turns and rebukes Peter. He says, get behind me, Satan. You're not thinking as God does, but as men do. See, this, this is what's going on. That Peter could not fathom. He could not even fathom. And none of them could fathom. They couldn't even begin to understand how it's possibly true that the Messiah's mission would involve suffering and death. But this is, what Je this is why Jesus said, I don't want you to tell anybody about me yet because you don't yet understand this. You've not yet experienced this with me. Because what will happen? Everything Jesus said happens. He's handed over by the chief priests, the scribes, the elders. He's condemned to death. He's crucified. And after three hours of agony on the cross, he dies. His body's taken down from the cross. It's wrapped by his friends in burial bands. His body is buried in a cave. And the cave is sealed with a rock. And they are all thinking, that's it. That's the end of the story. Because that's how every story ends. People die, they get buried, and then that's it. But is that how the story ended? Say no. Say it louder. No. Say it louder. No. Say it louder. No. That's not how the story ended. So, somehow beyond imagining, beyond hope, on the third day, God raises Jesus from the dead. And now all of those apostles, those friends who thought that Jesus was simply coming to take away our suffering, they're beginning to understand that Jesus' mission was to enter into our suffering and into the scariest place that we can imagine, which is death. Jesus goes into death. Why? Because when we suffer and when we die, guess who's already waiting there for us? Who? 
Jesus. Look, look, guys. Like, Jesus did not come to take away, to make our lives easy. He didn't come so that we wouldn't suffer, that we wouldn't have bad days. Like we, like, raise your hand if you've ever had a bad day. Yeah, every single hand, every single person. Like we've all suffered something. Like in this life, in this life, there's going to be hard stuff. There's going to be really hard days, really sad days. Days that are just so hard. Maybe weeks that are so hard. Maybe months that are so hard. Maybe even years that are so hard. But Jesus entered into it already. So that when those hard things show up, when the suffering shows up, he's already there. That he's saying, I can love you here. I can be with you here. And maybe some of us, maybe some of you right now are going through some hard stuff. I don't know. Maybe some of you have some really hard stuff going on at home. Hard stuff with your mom and dad. Hard stuff with your siblings. I don't know. But guess who's already like waiting for you in it? Jesus. He's already there. Peter didn't understand this. But he eventually did. He eventually did. He became the first pope, the preacher. He became the rock that Jesus knew he would be. But he had to go through that first. So friends, let's just take a few seconds right now in the quiet. I invite you to close your eyes. Jesus asked the question, who do you say that I am? Lord, you are the one who is already waiting for me when the hard stuff shows up. You're the one who's already waiting for me in my sadness. You're the one who's already waiting for me in the scariest things. You entered into it so that you could be there with me. Take a second now in the quiet of your heart. I just want you to thank him for going there, to being there with you.